Welcome to the Confident Retirement Podcast. Is doing the most important things alone a good idea? How comfy are you with your choices when it comes to life's biggest decisions? What is real peace of mind with financial confidence and how can you get it? Chris Fleming and Mark Peachy are the founders of LPF Advisors in Sarasota, Florida. On the show, they bring together the best and brightest minds to share with you how to have a more confident financial picture. They empower listeners with simple, common sense and financial wisdom. And now, here are your hosts from LPF Advisors. Okay, I want to welcome everybody to the Confident Retirement Podcast. I'm your host here, as always, Chris Flaming. And today I have the honor of welcoming Jamie Berger to the podcast. She is the co-founder of Jacobs Berger, headquartered in New Jersey. Jamie practices exclusively in the area of family law, and she ascribes to the philosophy that in every difficult situation, there is potential value. You just need to believe this and then begin looking for it. Jamie, thanks for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, let's have some fun. So you have uh, an interesting background. Um, Why don't you take me through kind of how you got to where you are today and how you found your practice? Sure. I would love to. Um, Again, thank you for having me. So I have always practiced in the area of family law. I caught the bug early on in law school. I did a a clinic in this area and it was just something I was always really passionate about. I had the very fortunate circumstance to clerk for a wonderful judge here in New Jersey. I went to a big firm. I decided big firm life was interesting, but not for me. Mm. Uh, You know, I wanted to practice my way and that was really important. You know, even as a young associate at a firm, it was just really important that I could handle cases the way that I thought cases really needed to be handled. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a second fortunate circumstance to join with my now partner, Sarah Jacobs. She had left a large firm, also started a smaller practice. And in my particular area, you know, being a boutique family law firm, you know, you really can, you can tailor the service to the client and just make sure that, you know, you're really giving the client that that well-rounded 360 view of their matter. And that was always something that was really important to Sarah and I. So uh, we, we, I joined her practice and we had, we had a third partner. We had, you know, what I affectionately call a business divorce, you know, much like a regular divorce, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, difficult and you're, Mm -hmm. you know, dealing with that. But, um, you know, we've been, we've been partners since 2015 and it's, it's wonderful. Awesome. Sounds like a good uh, junction of like minds. I like that. So is there something maybe, that you wish you knew when you started out that you know now? So So maybe um, some advice for the younger you. Yeah, you know, I think for the younger me, it would really be to, you know, not subscribe to anyone else's philosophy when you're dealing with, you know, cases and to really, you know, approach the case creatively and uniquely. You know, I, I think as a younger attorney, I felt, you know, very much in a box. And now that, you know, my practice has shifted from, you know, I still do a fair amount of litigation, but it's shifted to more of a mediation model, more, mm-hmm. you know, settlement driven, um, mm-hmm. you know, really kind of coming into my own as, as, you know, an independent thinker and not, you know, you know, you, you push a lot of paper as a young associate and you're, you know, not, not really thinking, you know, about a case as strategically as you can. And so that's been, um, I wish I had, I wish I had been able to do more of that, you know, as a younger associate, but, you know, it's something that we, we really try to encourage in the associates that work in our office to just kind of, you know, take ownership of cases and really Mm -hmm. be strategic about it. 
Okay, so now you alluded to this earlier, but was there something either that occurred or or an event or maybe it's just a feeling that you had? How did you come to decide on the areas of focus for your practice? You know, I think I went to law school and, you know, you take all of the typical classes and you tend to gravitate towards Mm -hmm. one particular thing. I started taking family law practice, you know, family law classes pretty extensively in my second and third year. Um, There was a lot of really wonderful opportunities at the school that I went to in New York. There was a family law clinic Mm -hmm. um, and it really, you know, it there's two sort of tracks, you know, you're either going to kind of go the corporate route. And I knew that that wasn't for me very early on, or you're going, you know, for me, I wanted to do something that I was really passionate about. So that's, that's, you know, it really was, it was some, you know, whether it was life experience that brought me there or something else, it's just always something that's been, you know, in the back of my mind that I wanted to do. It's, it's no cases the same. You're not doing the same thing every single day. So that was really important for me. Okay. I like that. So then for you, for your practice, what maybe describe what an ideal client looks like? I think about this a lot, you know, because it's the divorce process is hard, right? Mm-hmm. You know, nobody goes into marriage thinking about their divorce, no matter if you're the person who wants it or not. But for me, an ideal client is somebody who somebody who wants to think about their case, you know, and can has the ability to sort of step back emotionally and think about, you know, what maybe is the right forward movement for them. Somebody can sort of see past where they are in this tunnel and see the end of it and, you know, is open to resources to help them get there. You know, one of the things that we do pretty regularly is, you know, try to introduce our clients to people who can help them along the way who do other things aside Mm. from what I do. So whether Mm. it's a financial advisor or trust and estates attorney or, you know, real estate professionals and a client that's open to that kind of help and resource is really an ideal client because, you know, I know what I know, but I'm not going to be the person rewriting your estate plan. Right. Right. So, but, you know, and, and, you know, just somebody who is creative and open-minded and wants to, wants to resolve their case because most cases really should resolve and do resolve. Um, But, you know, someone who can kind of get past the emotion that they're dealing with. Okay. It's not easy. Yeah, no. And well, I want to ask you some questions about that a little bit later. So what do you think are the biggest misconceptions that clients maybe have about either what you do or when they first start working with you? Um, that's a good question. So I think, you know, maybe one of the most common misconceptions is that, you know, what happened to their friend or their colleague or their, you know, cousin, sister's friend in some other yeah. state is what's going to happen to them. And so, you know, the, the idea that the idea that, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of research on the internet. There's a lot of, you know, people talk to people, you know, the divorce rates are what they are. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people who are in the same camp. And, you know, I think when you come in with that notion that what happened to somebody else is inevitably going to happen to you, um, that's probably the, the most common thing that I find in talking to clients. Okay. So then is there a current of, of common fears, not so much mis- misconceptions, but fears they have or concerns about, because this is a life-changing thing, right? It's a big life transition. Maybe one of the most difficult things that they've ever gone through probably is. What do you see as kind of a common thread with concerns and fears? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the the big one is is financial security for sure, and your kids, right? You know, those are the two main things that that people are are fear, fearful of. You know, it's fear of the unknown. It's you know, am I going to be okay? Is there enough money in the pot? You know, this is not what I saw my life looking like. You know, how am I going to make this work? Um, you know, am I going to be able to stay in my house? You know, what's going to happen with respect to the kids? I'm, you know, I go from seeing my children every single day now, and I'm, I'm splitting custody, maybe on a 50-50 schedule, maybe some other combination, but it's really, um, you know, those are the two. And I think that's one of the reasons that we, we involve these other people, you know, like a financial planner, for example, somebody who can come in and say, okay, you know, here's, here's what I see. And this is the financial picture. This is how we can make this work. And sometimes that really helps to quiet some of those inner, you know, the inner dialogue that the client's having. And so we really, you know, we dive deep, which is important and, and understanding what their goals are for the future and letting them have the space to talk about those, you know, in with their divorce attorney is something that I think is important. Okay. So uh, this is just your opinion, but I'm curious, you know, because you deal with this a lot. Are, are there some common behaviors that you see when people go through a, a divorce process that are destructive? Meaning, they're almost self-defeating. Do you follow? I mean, yes. I'd like your opinion on that. Yeah, um, I do, you know, and and unfortunately, you know, sometimes it's my client and, you know, we have to have a, a pretty serious come to Jesus, as you will, about, you know, things mm-hmm. that are going on. But, um, you know, there's, we see common things we see are, you know, some, types of financial manipulation, you know, Mm -hmm. attempts to hide assets, you know, squirreling away money, dividing up accounts, changing beneficiary from, you know, without, without consulting the other side. I mean, those are things that can be really damaging in your divorce case. You know, there's, again, you know, these cases are highly emotional. So there's, you know, levels of, of psychological warfare, you know, that go on and, and, and it's, it's a shame because, you know, it doesn't help anybody in the process. Um, You know, it's really something we try to, to, counsel our clients on that, you know, if this is something you're doing, A, we may not be the right attorney for you, right? right. You know, it's, that's not, you know, and, and, and we make those decisions, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we go. So mm-hmm. um, I, I've, I've sort of seen it all, you know, I've seen the, the good, the bad, the ugly, and um, yeah. it's, it's not an easy process for sure. No. And I think you talk a little bit about on your website, how you help to de-stress the process for the situation. So maybe talk about that a little bit on a high level on how you guys go about doing that. Absolutely. I mean, it, it's our mantra and we stand by it and it's, you know, it, it flows from, from Sarah and I to everybody else in our firm in terms of, you know, what can we do for our clients to try to take some of that stress that sits on their shoulder every day off understanding that, you know, the divorce process is never going to be free of stress, but, you know, are there things that we can do? And so we have these pillars internally, which are, you know, we communicate with our clients. We make sure that, you know, there's, there's a point of contact. We make sure they understand, you know, you know, how we're going to communicate with them the most in the most effective way that we can, you know, they understand that, um, you know, there are, there's that early expectation in terms of, you know, if you reach out to us, we will get back to you within X amount of time, um, you know, if it's an emergency, here's the protocol for you to reach somebody kind of thing. So that tends to take a lot of the stress 
away. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think it's listening to your clients, you know, understanding what their goals are, understanding, you know, and trying to help them see down the road what life can look like and that they're not always going to be stuck where they are. Um, and, you know, again, it's those strategic partnerships that we introduce to our clients. So it's, you know, whether it could be a therapist, it can be, you know, a, a therapist for their child who's going mm-hmm. through something, you know, just right. knowing that they have that resource um, is something that we really try to try to focus on. Yeah, because it can be easy to just to focus on the legal aspect of it. And then all those other parts are probably as much or in some cases more important from an emotional standpoint. So that helps. They are. And it makes it makes my job easier. You know, it's yeah. I always say if you're paying me to be your therapist, a, I'm not qualified to do it, but I'm also it, you're, you're paying too much money right. um, and I and I don't take insurance. So, you know, it's like but making sure that you have somebody to talk to is so important. Mm-hmm. OK, so let's switch gears just a little bit. You talk a little you reference on your website a little bit about that you do strategic planning sessions and these are different than maybe a traditional like consultation so maybe give us the the nuanced difference between that um, and why you've chosen to call them that. Yeah, I mean, I think it sort of flows with the way that we approach all cases. You know, we really we really do dive deep. We view ourselves as a strategic partner with our mm-hmm. clients, and so having that early conversation and the way that we have it, um, you know, before you even decided to hire us, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving you a, a preview into the service that you're going to get from our firm, but also, you know, diving deep down into what the issues are that are important to you. Right. So that's why it's not just, you know, we don't, we're not the type of firm where you, you know, you call and you can get an attorney on the phone for 15 minutes to, you know, kind of give you the the ins and outs of the law. That's not, you know, I, I could try to razzle dazzle you with everything I know about the law, but that's not really what those sessions are about. It's about really understanding, you know, A, what's important to a client, what the confines of the law are generally, and just kind of getting down to, you know, really goal setting and what the client wants at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I guess if you do, if you spend the time to do the goal setting at the end, then when things get tough or you have, things that don't go quite the way that you want to, you can always kind of reference back to that guiding star, that North star saying, here's what we're ultimately trying to accomplish. Let's keep the eye on the prize and get to the other side. And it helps. I mean, it helps to know that, you know, early on in the process. And I, I, I think a lot of times attorneys, um, especially divorce attorneys, you know, miss that step and mm-hmm. they miss the opportunity with a client to, um, you know, to, get personal and understand what really, what really is important to them. Cause at the end of the day, you're hiring me to help you with a problem that you have. So let's mm-hmm. figure out what that problem is. Obviously the problem is divorce, but it's, it's, it's not just that it's, you know, there's nuances. And so yeah. understanding that early on is, is really important. Okay, great. I like how you said that. So we'll switch gears here a little bit. What do you kind of see as the biggest opportunity for your practice going forward? You know, mediation, especially, you know, in in the last few years, we were focused pretty consistently on it prior to, you know, the world shutting down as it did. Um, But, you know, it it really is such a, you know, alternative dispute resolution, whether it be mediation, arbitration, um, collaborative work. These are areas that, you know, we as attorneys can really help our clients, um, whether I'm mediating or it's a litigation client of mine that I'm I'm pushing towards mediation. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, cases don't move smoothly through the court system. A lot of times there's, you know, there are inefficiencies and as much as the judges try, there's 
they're somewhat handcuffed, um, you know, whether it's there's not enough judges or there's just too many cases. It it is it's challenging. So I really in the right set of circumstances, that's the avenue that I push clients. And it's really something our, our firm is focused pretty heavily on. Okay, so and I'm curious, then uh, I'm not expecting you to have like the hard numbers, but um, what do you think, like in the last two, three years, um, the percentage that have gone through the legal system versus maybe that have mediated? I mean, is that Um, half? Is there what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can speak to my practice. You know, we've we've certainly shifted. um, You know, I would say we're probably close to a 50-50 spread on Hmm. on mediation versus litigation. And litigation takes all forms. It doesn't mean that, you know, just because you're not, you know, you're litigating your case doesn't mean that you're actually going to trial. It just means that, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, availing yourself of strictly the mediation route. But, you know, not, I mean, at least in New Jersey, I think the percentages now are 98% of all cases actually settle, you know, a very small percentage of cases go to trial Mm -hmm. um, in the family part in New Jersey, but it's just, it's just a matter of when, you know, some, some settle in the courthouse, the day of trial and some settle within, you know, the early stages. So it's, the spread is somewhere in between. It's all over the place. Okay. Somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Somewhere in the middle. So we talked about your biggest opportunity on the flip side of that. What do you think the biggest challenge is to your, your business right now? Maybe an obstacle that you and your partner want to overcome or, or want to um, work on? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, I think we're in an area of law, you know, obviously the, the economy is fluctuating, you know, we're in an area of law that, you know, I certainly wouldn't say we're recession proof or maybe recession resistant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, unfortunately for a lot of people, you know, when, when finances are tight and, and, you know, things are tense in the house, you know, that, that can be the last match thrown yeah. into a flame, but, you know, just dealing, you know, as a business owner dealing with, you know, increased costs and, and all of that, you know, those are, those are things that, you know, my, my financial brain thinks about all day. So, uh, okay. but, you know, just managing a firm and and making sure that, you know, we're, we're providing our, you know, our attorneys and our, and our staff, the opportunities that we want to, you know, provide for them, you know, both financially and personally, our firm is built very much like a family. So, you know, making sure that, you know, we are, we're, we are giving, you know, our staff and attorneys the opportunity to, you know, have, have the flexibility that they have and, you know, debating whether keeping, you know, a, a hybrid schedule versus a remote schedule, you know, so those are challenges we face. It's all that running the business stuff. Yeah. If you could just just practice the law and work with clients, it's going to be easy, right? Right, Then there's all that other stuff that goes along with it. They didn't teach you any of that in law I know. I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I went through that too. Okay. So maybe if people want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about your practice or you specifically, what's the best way for them to do that, Jamie? So um, you can look at our website, which is really robust. It's uh, jacobsburger.com. Okay. You can certainly reach out, call the office, um, and all the information is right there. I have a LinkedIn profile. We have a social media profile where we're constantly posting little tidbits. So, um, you know, it's Jacobsburger LLC and all of it is right there. Okay. All your info's there. You can capture yep. it and learn more about you. Awesome. So Jamie, I want you to, I want to thank you for being here with me today. This has been a really good conversation. I'm happy that I spent this time with you. Me too. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Confident Retirement Podcast brought to you by LPF Advisors, where we hope to bring the confidence of everyday people on the road to retirement to another level, one show at a time. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Be well, 
Take care. Thanks again, Jamie. Thank you. You've been listening to the Confident Retirement Podcast with Chris and Mark from LPF Advisors. For more information on them and retiring confidently, please visit lpfadvisors.com. If your ears are pleased and your mind is now at ease, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. 